Welcome to the final episode of What on Earth Can We Do, Season 1. Uh, my name is Gregory Caswell, and I am the Executive Director for the Alberta Emerald Foundation. And I am Colleen Nook. I'm the Executive Producer for Hoopla Media. Last episode, this is exciting. Congratulations. We've been on quite the journey together so far. I know. We've learned so much. This was really cool. I know. Uh, if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to Episodes 1 through 5, we've touched on lots of different themes from food waste to uh, land reclamation, recycling and reusing, uh, renewable energy, and the youth movement. Uh, and I feel like we're just starting to scrape the surface of what we can talk about on, on this podcast. Uh, the Emerald Awards through the Alberta Emerald Foundation has recognized over 300 recipients, each with their unique example of environmental excellence. I'm so excited about the potential to sit down with other recipients and learn from them. I feel like we should learn more about what the Alberta Emerald Foundation does. Oh, okay, sure. So I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Sizzle. <laughs> Ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first, Gregory, tell me what the overall goal is for the Alberta Emerald Foundation. Sure. Uh, so the Alberta Emerald Foundation is a not-for-profit charity. We are supported by sponsors and donors. Our mission is to be the good news storytellers for the environment in our province. Um, we do that through showcasing and inspiring environmental excellence. And you guys showcase and inspire this excellence through multiple different streams. One of them is probably the most well-known is the Emerald Awards. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So I think the reason that the Emerald Awards are so well-known is because it's actually our signature program. It's actually why the foundation was created in the first place. So they have been around for 29 years. They are actually a unique awards program in our country in that, the, in that they recognize environmental excellence across all sectors. Um, so there are definitely other environmental awards, but ours is uh, to my knowledge, to this date, um, the only one that recognizes uh, large business, small business, education, nonprofit, uh, government institutions, etc. So it's a really wonderful opportunity not only to identify role models within our province who are raising the bar in environmental excellence, but to bring these people together for the opportunity to, to network and connect and create new relationships that they can then take forward and do more amazing work. So the Emerald Awards, uh, we open the nominations every year in November, and they close uh, about mid-February. In fact, if you're listening to the podcast on the day that it's launched, the 29th Annual Emerald Awards nominations are closing today, so there's still time if you want to submit one. We then turn the nominations over to a third-party panel of judges who are a lot smarter in the realm of environmental excellence than I am. <laughs> um, they are definitely regarded as experts in their field. So they are tasked with creating a short list of nominees and then also selecting the recipients. Those are announced at the end of March. And then, uh, so if you are listening to the podcast, March 27th, you'll be able to see our short list. And then uh, June 2nd will be when we announce the 29th Annual Emerald Award recipients in Calgary. Awesome. So for anyone, um, maybe they missed this year's deadline, but maybe is looking to submit next year, how would they do that? So nominations open November 1st annually on, on our website. So it's emeraldfoundation.ca. It's a fairly easy application form, although it might take a little bit of time to put the nomination together because there is the requirement for support materials and references. Um, but typically we close them around the mid 
mid-February. The best way to stay in touch with the foundation, though, we have a, a newsletter, so you can subscribe to that. It's called Elevate. That's also available on the website. Um, and also our communications and outreach manager, Emma Crandall, is fabulous at social media. So you can fa- follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn and get all of the updates that you need. Sweet. That's awesome. So when are the awards this year? June 2nd. Ooh, that'll be great. So anyone and anyone can come. Uh, so the invitation is open to the public. In attendance, uh, historically, we've had dignitaries, supporters of our foundation, of course, the shortlist. But yes, if you are interested in the environment and want to know more um, or to come and celebrate some of the amazing achievements that are happening in our province, we will have tickets available on our website starting May 1st. Perfect. Awesome. And then there's there's other and there's a lot of other things that the Alberta Emerald Foundation does within the community as well. And one of them is uh, the speaker series. Can you talk a little bit about that? So we really do look at the Emerald Awards as the kickoff of our year, even though it's in June. But out of the Emerald Awards, we have our sharing stories communication strategy. So this podcast is actually an example of one of the things that we do uh, through the through that strategy. Uh, We also have the Emerald Documentary Series, uh, which features each of our recipients in their own mini documentary. So if if you've enjoyed one of the people that we've had on this show, I definitely recommend that you go and watch that. It will give you sort of like the insider view as to what happens. And you can see the back room of Goodwill that we, we talked about on the episode or some of the other amazing projects that are on the go. We also have the Emerald Speaker Series where we invite our past recipients to present their award-winning work to a live audience. We also record those and have them available on our website and our social media as well. I I should note, if you are in uh, Edmonton on April 22nd, we will actually be holding an Emerald Speaker Series at McEwen University, uh, and it will feature some of the, the guests that you heard on this podcast. And we'll also be hosting it, so. It's true. (laughs) Colleen and Gregory will be holding the party. It'll be really fun. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, and then you also have uh, some youth grants that you hand out. Uh, One of the values of the foundation is to empower the next generation of eco-heroes. We do that through a few different programs that we have, but the main one is our youth grant streams. Uh, Just recently this year, we went from one youth grant to three. We have the Youth Environmental Engagement Grant Program, which is for grade six and under, or equal age demographic, if you are somebody who is a community group or homeschool. Um, and that provides $500 microgrants to youth-led or youth-targeted environmental projects. There's four different categories, green builders, green energizers, green scholars, and green guardians. Um, so there's lots of different uh, opportunities and, and ideas that can come out of that. We also launched this year the Emerald Educational Engagement Grant Program with our sponsor, Syncrude. That one is a little bit more involved. We ask our participants to binge watch the Emerald the Emerald documentary series and then pitch us an idea based off of something that they might have saw in a video that inspired them. We then give them $750 to make it happen and then they report back to us and we get to learn about the amazing work that they did. Uh, we also, on an annual basis, hold an eco-pitch or two Eco-Pitch is our version of Dragon's Den, but with nicer judges and less money. I love saying that. Everyone always laughs. (laughs) We invite young people to uh, present 
their environmental dream project to a panel of judges in front of a live audience. And then they have the opportunity to get some serious funding to bring their dream project to life. So you guys are not busy at all then? Uh, well, you know, it's it's a very even <laughs> workload over our 2.5 employees. Yeah, uh, we, we definitely uh, do a lot of a lot of work as a foundation. Um, But what I'm excited about is the fact that it's all connected to that good news storytelling and that inspiration of environmental excellence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I have fallen in love with the Alberta Emerald Foundation. Oh, shucks. You guys are like a second family now, so. Mm -hmm. It's true. (laughs) And we love Hoopla, obviously. (laughs) So maybe this brings us to our final segment what on earth podcast. did we do? What did we do? <laughs> <laughs> so over the course of the past five episodes, Gregory and I have thought of some um, steps we can take to be a little bit more environmentally conscious. So uh, we're going to go through some of those and just see how we've done. But first, I think you we were talking earlier about what the overall goal is for this podcast. And do you want to maybe touch on that a little bit? Hmm. Yeah. So uh, what on earth can we do? We saw an opportunity as the foundation, especially especially with uh, the privilege of being in contact with so many environmental experts, that we as regular Albertans who are just wanting to do more as we're faced with the issues of climate change, but not really knowing where to start, uh, we wanted to sit down with the people who do know what to do and learn from them, and hopefully through these conversations can inspire our listeners to to follow their examples. What I what I found is that you know I am definitely not perfect in terms of being environmentally friendly, um, but I did find that after listening to uh, all of these amazing people that we had on the podcast, it just it it just made me think twice before maybe deciding to purchase something Mm -hmm. or purchase something that is uh, single use, that sort of thing. So I just, (laughs) I'm still not perfect, (laughs) but I do feel like I'm taking, we're taking steps in the right direction to start forming those good habits. Yeah, I I have to be honest. I I think that when we were originally envisioning this episode, we thought we were going to sit down and be brand new people um, who all of a sudden... Uh, we're composting and mm-hmm. um, carrying our reusable bags and, and doing all of these things. But I think what's really come out of it for me is just through the education, I've become a little bit more conscious, as you said, about spending patterns mm-hmm. um, and my own personal behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something that I've really realized is that I'm going to have my good days and I'm going to have my bad days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that suddenly you wake up and you are the perfect environmentalist. I think that that might be a journey for some people, but I think by being more conscious about your own behaviors, you're then empowered to make decisions throughout the course of your day. So there might be the day that you forgot your reusable cup. That doesn't mean that you're a horrible environmentalist, but that the fact that you're even considering it mm-hmm. um, and the next day decide, you know what, I make, I'm gonna make the commitment today that I am going to bring, bring my reusable cup mm-hmm. is good. I think knowing more about renewable energy is good because then you can make the educated decision as to what you want to do in your own personal home. 
same with food wastage. Same, same with all of these things that we talked about. I think education is really a key because the more that you know, the more empowered you are to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's one of those things that I think eventually will become a social norm and it's becoming more, I notice it more and more in coffee shops that I go into that people are using their reusable cups. There's um, a lot more electric cars on the road now. We're taking those slow steps in the right direction. So there's hope. There's hope out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I, I'm excited to see some of the different initiatives that are going on. Uh, yesterday, um, I, I found out that uh, grocery store is deciding to cut plastic bags completely, mm-hmm. uh, which I think those steps, it's that one business who, that's setting the example mm-hmm. and others will follow the example. And so I think being, I, and I, I think being from your level or just acknowledging the, the level that you're coming from, if you're a large business or if, even if you're an, an individual, just being the example will have that ripple effect. You know what it kind of reminds me of a little bit hmm. is, you know, you remember in restaurants how you could smoke in restaurants mm-hmm. and now you can in any restaurants really. Yeah. So in in most restaurants. So it's almost as if it's almost as if it's just changing that social norm and then after a while it becomes normal. So you have that one grocery store who's deciding not to or that run grocery chain that is deciding not to use plastic bags anymore. It's a ripple effect. It'll happen to other grocery stores and soon maybe 10 years down the road we'll look back and be like I can't believe we used plastic bags. Yeah. I, I think something that's really interesting too is that it's almost as though that human that human behavior is beating bylaws and that sort of thing because this, the no smoking in, re- in restaurants became the norm because a, by- a bylaw was put in place. But if you even take a more recent example where plastic straws in restaurants are suddenly very quickly overnight a thing of the past um, where there's some that you can request, but there's definitely this movement um, where it's socially acceptable to have no straw at all or a paper or compostable straw where if a plastic straw comes to the to the table there's almost this this immediate sense of i don't know i don't i don't want to say social injustice but there's that awareness that that's no longer a thing so i think just as a population the more that we become aware and wanting to make these changes and making those commitments in our personal lives and sharing those examples on social media and creating those movements, businesses will start to make those changes before laws are put in place because they want their customers to be happy. I like that. I like that. So should we talk about what we've done so far? Sure. Why don't we give it a shot? Okay. So I think the, the most general takeaway um, for me from this series is that I just, I notice more things now. Yeah, it's almost like blinders have been taken off. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The blinders have been taken off. And I feel like for me for me, I feel like that is that is the first step. And that now is something that is with me every single day, which is both good and bad, because sometimes it makes me feel very guilty. (laughs) Uh (laughs) But um the probably I would say the small step that I've been taking is just the reusable cup that I bring with me everywhere. I bought a very expensive one. Yeah. Too expensive. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the bougie cup. I mean, it was way too expensive. My husband was like, what? <laughs> but you know what? I've been carrying it around with me every day, and it brings me joy. So uh, that has been my my little step right now. Yeah, absolutely. And if it's worth the investment to have something that you're happy to carry around instead of, you know, leaving it at home because it's like, eh, it was two bucks, then, you know, you do you. Get your Mm -hmm. bougie cup. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, It's interesting what you say about the blinders being taken off because I could definitely, uh, I I definitely feel the same way, especially um, after being a Spud customer for a good period of time and then going to a typical grocery store and just seeing all of the packaging, mm-hmm. it it breaks my brain a little bit. So absolutely. I, I'm i excited for the weather to get nicer because I am starting to look at compost bins mm-hmm. uh, to have in the backyard for my garden. That was definitely a theme that I was surprised came up as much as it did throughout the mm-hmm. course of really the, the conversation is that um, composting is definitely important. I'm also excited to uh, plant stuff again and and do some land reclamation, even if it is in my own backyard. And yeah, I'm right there with you with, with reusables. I feel bad if I don't have my reusable bag now. And then if I end up with a plastic bag, I'm like, I should just bring this bag back and mm-hmm. use this bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So that's it for season one of One on Earth Can We Do? We did it. Mm-hmm, we, we did. On behalf of the Alberta Emerald Foundation and Hoopla Media and all of our sponsors, I'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who participated in our conversations. We definitely learned a lot from you. And I would also like to thank those who tuned in to listen to our conversations. I hope that uh, you gained as much from them as Colleen and I did. Um, and hope that you're making some changes in your own personal life based on some of the th- conversations that we had. I also love how you say tuned in. Tuned <laughs> in. <laughs> That's like an old like radio thing. <laughs> <laughs> and watch for season two of What on Earth Can We Do coming January 2021, which will be featuring the 29th annual Emerald Award recipients. That's a wrap. The What on Earth Can We Do podcast is presented by the Alberta Emerald Foundation and features Emerald Awards recipients. Learn more about our guests' inspiring work through the Emerald documentary series available on our website, emeraldfoundation.ca. And if you enjoyed What on Earth Can We Do, please make sure to subscribe and stay up to date with us on Instagram and Twitter at whatonearth underscore pod. Know an Albertan eco-hero who is raising the bar in environmental excellence? Nominate them for an Emerald Award. Nominations are open annually from November 1st until mid-February on our website. We would like to thank the Edmonton Community Foundation for their support in bringing this podcast to life. We would also like to thank our Emerald Award sponsors, ABCRC, the Alberta Real Estate Foundation, City of Calgary, City of Edmonton, Government of Alberta, and Syncrude Canada Limited for their ongoing support.